I can barely see you though. That's kind of like what I, a mystery. Yeah, right? yeah, what a mystery. Uh, I've been thinking about Vin Diesel all week. Yeah. Uh, Mark Sinclair. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> this isn't Weekend at Taylor's. It's Weekend at Effie's. And if we're going to honor that fake name, then we're going to honor Vin Diesel's true name. As I like to say, my mother named me Taylor. And that's beautiful. But when I named myself Effie, my name started making me money. So I believe in Vin Diesel's ability to make himself money. We kind of rush recorded last week. Uh, There's a lot going on. There was a lot going on. It was technically my birthday on that day. Happy birthday. Well, we're over it now. It's over. Someone tweeted me happy birthday the next day, and I said, it's over, (laughs) which is very much my attitude towards the whole thing. I'm very appreciative of everyone participating. All the Pride merch and birthday shirts have shipped as of now, and they're on their way to you. And I spent my... I got to be honest, Peter. Every time I told people how I spent my birthday... They were all very apologetic to me. And the truth is, I probably wouldn't have wanted to spend my birthday any other way, which is on airports, in airports, on planes, for the entirety of the day, pretty much. Now, this made me easily accessible. The dogs are all kissing now. This we is, have an audience. We have a full crew of pups here. Cranberry is now trying to switch. Do you want to come over here, Lucy? Okay, that's fine. We're switching papas and mamas here. We're just... Cranberry is here licking you as we speak. This is Weekend at Effie's. And if you're not subscribed to the Patreon, I can't force you to do it, okay? But if you go to weekendateffies.com, what are you going to get? You're going to get the new video I just dropped, which I've got to be honest, Peter, I've been taking a little more quality time to put out myself speaking in these videos and explaining and uh mixing in more silly jokes like there's a scene where there's a frozen plane in canada it has elsa and what's the other witch i never saw that iverson one. or something I iverson don't know. anna yeah. anna alan, and elsa alan iverson alan iverson and elsa <laughs> and i just shoot on the frame of this plane and then i immediately announce let it go <laughs> Which is, you just rolled your eyes at it, but you know it's funny. It's funny in context. Uh, I went to a lot of places, but like I said, for a birthday, there's a lot of footage of my explorations of my birthday, and seeing as how I'm pretty sure people have watched well over 600 hours of The Life of Effie, and many of you have not even watched it yet. Like I know that there are plenty of people out there who are like, I haven't gotten around to it yet. Please watch it. It pays me for you to watch it. It's a movie. It's a movie. I have not watched it, and we discussed this, Peter, because I'm not emotionally ready to watch it. But what also is now with it is the 57-minute, uncut, one-take, on-a-rooftop promo of me, I believe in February, late February, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on, not only with myself, but with all of the wrestling industry. And I think one of the big points that I had to make was like, what is the value of being someone who is an actual worker, as they say, versus just being a wrestler, being able to listen and fill time and take moves and you know know when the commercial break is, versus being able to actually work a room, work a person, and understand each situation. So I hope everybody takes a chance on IWTV to listen to that. If you don't, that's okay, but you will not get that full insight into my mind. And I think if you watch The Life of Effie, you get a little more of a humanized look at me. Someone said they'd been watching me for years and they were not a fan. And now they're a fan because they finally understand my humor better. Which it seems that sometimes I, I 
and I do this on purpose, Peter. I purposefully, if you've never seen me wrestle or been in a room with me as an actual person, I think you should have a slightly skeptical view of Effie. Like, I want you to be like, he talks too much shit. He's too showy. He doesn't respect wrestling. And then I want you to get in front of me. And I think that you will love me better after if you have a slightly jarred approach to what you're going to think Effie is. Is that abusive to myself? I don't know. But I, I'm thinking over time it's going to continue to work. I do have to keep surviving. Weekend at Effie's.com. No, I like that attitude of uh, don't worry about it, you'll see. Yeah, it's it's there's a cockiness to it, but I don't think it's a an outright... Like, I just trust my product. Yeah. I trust what I'm putting out there. And this weekend made me trust that even more. I know what the fuck I'm doing, y'all. I am a miracle. I got to Denver Sunday. I know it sounds like I'm jumping around. And someone said, because I was in Denver last Sunday, or last Saturday. I went from Denver Saturday. And they said, have you just been in Denver all week? And I said, no. I went to Chicago and Edmonton and Chicago and Jacksonville, Florida and Atlanta. And now I'm back in Denver. It was the most reach around way of getting back to Denver and I have noticed, I figured out the trick. I have clear, which is the, they scan your eyeballs the at the airport. part of, no. So, oh, yeah, no. The, <laughs> <laughs> we were discussing our, our thetan levels earlier and how we can get clear, much like Elizabeth Moss. Uh, but it gets me through the airport quick. But when I've left the country on multiple occasions, or when I have uh, traveled between states so frequently that they can't tell if I'm a real person anymore, like, how did he go to all of these places in four days? Uh, they make me show my ID anyway. So I'm almost, I may be moving faster than the speed of convenience at this point. And that's something I'm going to have to figure out how to be okay with. I, I was very calm this whole trip though, but I can tell too that not smoking cannabis has made me a bit more honest in my approach to a lot of things. And I had to continually remind myself that most people are not in the airport that much over the course of this trip. But I got to start where we started, which is after we recorded here, you rode with me down to the airport because mm -hmm. I was leaving the car with you. And thank God you took care of Bebop during this wonderful time. And now Cranberry's over here with us vibing. We went on a long walk. I want to admit something here, Peter, that most people wouldn't admit. I love driving. I'm not a very good driver. A uh, very dangerous driver. You've always gotten there in one piece, right? But yeah. I'll miss signs. I don't know where I'm going. I'm, we, we may have missed... We a missed turn. a few turns, a few turns, but we made it there and I made it to the airport in plenty of time. The guy, a guy accidentally cut me in line when I got there and he said, I'm sorry, but you know, my flight board's in an hour. And I said, oh, well, mine board's, mine board's now, but I'm sure it's fine because <laughs> I didn't want to be there too early. I got on my flight to Toronto and I have to just admit out loud, I was heading to the top talent wrestling in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And this is embarrassing to say, but you have to understand, I travel a lot. I can't always look at the weather. I can't always remember to look at the weather. The weatherman do be lying. Also, I had no idea where I was going. So I got on this flight to Toronto, which is like a nice little two-hour flight. And then it said to me, oh, you're going to be landing at 1219 in the morning. And I was like, oh, then this flight must not be very long. Edmonton, Alberta, where's that? Can't be too far away. Girl, I pulled it up on the maps. It was as far into Western Canada and north into Western Canada as is like humanly uh, allowed 
Like it was like, here's Vancouver, here's Calgary. And it's like the top portion of a pyramid on both. It is so far away. And I didn't realize the time change was going to make this a five hour flight. And so I got to Toronto on my birthday and I was in that airport for five hours. And then I got on a plane to fly to Edmonton, which was another five hours. Now I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning here. Some people are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You had to travel on your birthday. Let me be real. I was meditating on my birthday because no one is speaking to me in these airports, which is fine. I have access to any kind of food I want, which was two gyro wraps and a full plate of poutine with chicken I was eating. And then they had, en français, one of the Cake Boss cake vending machines, which is one of my favorite things in the whole world. Now, I know you're, you're looking at me in a weird way, Cake Boss vending machine, but I can go and get a cold slice of carrot cake from a machine that I don't even have to speak to anyone in. And when you press the cake you want, he goes, oh, it's the Cake Boss. And he then vends the cake to me. There's something really magical about that. So I had a big coffee and a big slice of carrot cake, and I watched movies. Now, one of the benefits to the Patreon that I'm going to put over here is you're going to hear us on the mini shows talk about movies. We didn't have time to do a mini said last week. We are going to do a mini said this week where we talk about mini films, including... We did a mini said. We last did? Week. Yeah. Well, y'all see how fast I've been traveling. Maybe we didn't do one the week before. There was yeah. a mini said last week. Do we... We've missed here and there, but I would say we are back in the swing. Of- we're back in the swing, mm-hmm. and there's a lot less chaos going on now. It feels like we're starting, not that we've fully landed, but that our plane is approaching the runway. Yeah. And it yeah. feels very good. This feels more like a, a home now. We have our TV mounted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our couch situated better. Bo lives with us now. Bo lives with us now in 4K. I purchased it immediately yesterday when you were like, Bo's on VOD, and I was like... It's time to go. You said you had set a, uh, uh, set aside six hours to watch this three-hour yes. film. I think seven is actually appropriate. Seven, I think, I think you're right. Between the two of us talking and the things we notice, I think there's going to be a lot of pausing and note-taking. And I cannot wait to have the ability in 4K to pause and rewind and watch this movie the way I want to. I also watched the featurette yesterday. So, yes. I... I, it, I I teared up during the featurette. You're adorable. Because of the existence of I Was Afraid as art. <laughs> I just like Nathan Lane being like, Joaquin Phoenix, he's an incredible actor. We love everything he does. I don't really know what this movie was about. I was there for my scenes. Very cool. Ari Aster seems fun. I don't know what this film is about. Seems good. And then you have Parker Posey who's like, I mean, you can interpret this a hundred different ways and it's still going to be correct. Yeah. And that sort of brings me back to like, does it matter if I can figure out what's real and what's not real? Does it matter if I notice the things? And I think it does. I think we're going to find that we're going to notice so much more. I'm ready to do a full colorscape watch with you. I know. I know. Uh, I loved uh, Patti LuPone talking about how she saw the... This is the role of a lifetime. Ariasa gave me the role of a lifetime. (laughs) And then she she didn't like, and so what's this, uh, this painting in the back and was like oh that's your mother and she goes oh i didn't realize it was a comedy <laughs> i didn't know this was a. Co- it seemed from the scenes we were doing that it was very dramatic but it is actually a comedy you think my mother loved me i yeah i'm obsessed with the cast i'm obsessed with just the jewishness of it all too because you know we're in a time where people think it's okay to have anti-semitic beliefs and you know feel a certain way about the powers that jews have in their mind uh and so to see like there is 
with it being such an old religion and with it being such an old, uh, you know, way of living, even if you're not Jewish, many of these things have crossed over into the way that we view family life and the expectations of being a child. I'm not going to talk about Bo the whole time on here, but I'm just saying, I'm very excited. We will do another Bo mini-sode. We did a Bo mini-sode after the second watch, right? I or do we do one after the first watch? Oh, boy. Because we're on watch three in the theaters now, and yeah. now we have a home theater experience. Yeah. I we might just this might just be called Effie is Bo is afraid, <laughs> and that might be the change. I got on the plane to Edmonton from Toronto after waiting a while. Uh, what I was going to say is I watched a lot of movies that day, and we're going to discuss all those movies, including the I guess it's the final Paul Schrader film, Master Gardener. He has said it's probably his mm-hmm. final film. I Good went into this to go film. Out on. Good one to go out on. I went into this film not knowing anything, and I was like. Hey, I rented this. You should watch it. It's on the Apple TV. And both of us are kind of jarred by it. It was very deep and emotional. And Joel Edgerton just, like, I thought he had peaked in, uh, what was the one about Egypt gods? Wasn't he in the Moses movie? He might have been. I think he was in the... So, I know, I know, I know his character is... A bad person. So hot, though. Oh, my God. Oh, he really oh gives, with the with the perfect haircut kind of vibe. We are not into who he is. We are into acting and celebrating actors and not celebrating the people they act as. Uh, I thought they both did well. Oh, yeah. Exodus, Gods, and Exodus, Kings. Exodus, Gods, and Kings with Christian Bale, where he played the Pharaoh, the whitewashed Pharaoh. I thought that was the pinnacle of acting, okay? Am I being a little bit of a goof? Probably. But the man can act. And Sigourney Weaver reprising her role as, uh, is it Ridley from uh, Alien? Is that who she's playing? <laughs> no, a very different role for Sigourney Weaver. We're going to talk about that on the Minnesota Patreon. And then we also have the return of Effie Bird and Peter Bird at the movies, which this segment is brought to you by Movie John, who we love so much. Check them out at moviejohn.com. You can get all the information about movies and some more insights and movies you didn't know existed. But this week... We are watching the film Taurus Trap. Is that correct? Yes. And this was all movies uh, voted on by you on our Patreon about mannequins and dolls. Lucy does not like the movie Taurus Trap, if you can hear. Uh, And we are going to be watching that for the first time together in our movie home on our beautiful mounted TV here. And I think that it's going to make the experience so much easier for us to do. And so exciting. Cranberry's over here right now, vibing. She's the peacekeeper of these two. Bebop and Lucy like to... They're rough pups. And she's the... She's the calmer of the group. Um, so, Movie John is... This is really funny. This is a funny little synchronicity here. Um, you were angry at the ocean this weekend. I did go off on the ocean on Sunday. And the next Movie John issue is going to be all about... Beaches, seas, and boats. Wow. I just want to say, let me clear this up. Some people thought it was, somebody said, are you just trying out your stand-up bit? Let me be clear. Stand-up could never contain me because I have an hour worth of stand-up per day coming out of my mouth of just observational uh, criticism. Observational, I won't call it observational humor. It's observational criticism. I have been to the ocean many times. I was born in Myrtle Beach. I am not going to get into it again, but if y'all want to go jump into the whale cum, you go ahead and jump in the whale cum and the poop and the feces and the Cthulhu's. I will stay in the pool and I will chlorinate my hair and we will have a good time. The dogs have taken over our house here. I'm fully, I love it. It's great. 
He's a little wiry. He's a little wiry worm. There we go. He found a toy back there. Uh, I got on the plane to Edmonton, and I have to admit something where, Peter, I've been discussing with you that not being on cannabis has, it's wiped away my ability to mute myself in situations where I'm not happy. That's not going to work at all, Bebop. Okay, buddy. And okay. we can even, if you want to put him in there with something else, that's, that's absolutely fine, too. Peter, I am a believer in plane and airport etiquette. Obviously, I'm in the planes and the airports a lot. And airport etiquette, very easy. Plane etiquette, very easy. Mostly the number one rule, mind your business. But the number two rule is we're all stuck here. Just kind of be polite. And if people have to get up and move around and do things, let them. And if you have the stinkiest fucking feet in the world, maybe don't take your shoes and socks off. So I get on this five-hour flight to Edmonton. And immediately, the man in the middle seat next to me, takes his shoes off, peels his filthy little socks off, and I can smell it. And I am mad, and I have my nose covered, and I realize in this moment, I've been eating a lot of bad airport food all day, like I said, and I'm not going to hold back. So I just, and this is not polite, but this is part of the game. When you're not polite to me in the airport, I'm going to get you back. Guess what? I farted on this dude as much as I could, but it gets worse, Peter. Because at one point, about three hours into the flight, I got up to go pee. I waited as long as I could. And he said, you can step over me. I said, oh. The lady on the outside got up, but he would not get up for me to step over him. And I'm going to be honest about what I did. And I'm going to be honest about what I will do every time. I blasted his face with a fart. I blasted it right over him. <laughs> I do not care. All you got to do is stand up for two yeah. seconds yeah. to let me out. Yeah. And you got your stinky little feet, so you're all comfy in your world. And I guess you just aren't affected by farts. I'm a fart in your mouth, bro. I hope you get pink eye from my farts, you piece of crap. Now, was I in a bad mood? No. But I did need to punish him in that way that he knew that I knew that he wasn't supposed to be like that. I know. You want the toy, too? Let's trade. We're going to do a trade. We'll do a trade. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. Here, you have that? Yes. Now everybody's happy. That was smart. That was good. So, yeah, listen, I, I'm a very nice person. I know if you've met me, we have a lot of good times. Uh, I am not one to let you pull your stinky little feet out and get away with it. And then to think that you won't get up when I have to go. Use the restroom like a normal human. Sir, Sir, you deserve only the stink. She pretends she can't jump on stuff because I think she likes you picking her up. That's cranberry, I, by the way. She kind of gives in. <laughs> yeah, there's a needy freeze. <laughs> like, she just freezes on you. Are we going to get them chewing? <laughs> or are we, are we all right? Uh, we have to find out. We're, lear- we're getting through our technical difficulties here, but I think we're going to be okay. I don't think it's... Look... Y'all come, if it's that bad, let me know. Yeah, we're trying to figure out a system here, but the dogs also want to be next to us. At Low Sky Dance on Twitter for all complaints. Please, please. And if you if you hadn't seen Lucy much before, when I tweeted the three of them together, uh, Sweet Lucifer is Low Sky Dance's dog, and I love her. She's a bundle of energy. She keeps Bebop in check, and she is always up for a fun time. We, we jumped together in the fields the other day on a walk together. It was beautiful. <laughs> I need that energy in my life sometimes. I got to Edmonton at 
1220, which I believe is like 220 in the morning East Coast time. It might even be 320. I don't really know. And I was picked up by the wonderful office of Top Talent Brand. And they got me and Brian Keith, who I uh, I think I remembered was going to be there. They got us immediately to the hotel so we could go to sleep. We had a full day tomorrow before we had to actually be at the show. So I was like, Brian Keith, we have to go do a little exploration. The What is described to me as either the first or second largest mall in North America is in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Who would have guessed? Uh, it's right on scale with the Mall of America, but it actually has a full water park inside, which Damn. you can see in the Patreon video. And it is a like it is not a Georgia water park. It is the cleanest looking water park I've ever seen. the the <laughs> The wave pool was uh, perfectly clear. They had so many slides. We did not go in the water park portion. We did, however, go shopping. I was like, BK, we're going shopping. I got to tell you, Canadians, this this exchange rate is insane because I bought so much clothing and I spent a hundred dollars us. I bought bathing suits and shorts and corduroy shirts and other shirts and a jacket. I bought this maroon jacket that just like, it looks like Ryan, Ryan Gosling from drive, but like gayer. Cause it's kind of a mauve color, the mauve Avenger from Hey Arnold. Uh, and I think I think BK only bought one thing. We were trying to find him some shoes that he liked, and we went to like eight different shoe stores in this mall. But it was a cardio workout going through the mall. I do have to say they have a Hasbro uh, theme park inside of the mall with rides, and one of the rides is bumper cars that are themed around the Hasbro game. Sorry, and what a Canadian ride to have! Are bumper cars where you're required to say sorry, sorry, we're bumping, sorry. sorry. There's a bumper car. We're sorry. Canadian people do say sorry a lot, but there's also like, like everyone's very polite and it doesn't feel fake. Like, you know, how sometimes you're in public in the South and you're like talking to someone and you're like, they don't really want to be nice to me, but they have to. But it was like everybody yeah. we talked to was like very sweet, very polite. Wanted to talk about our day. We talked with the Zoomies bros for a while about what we do for a living and they were very concerned for us at the time. <laughs> Why are you in Edmonton? Uh, well, <laughs> to get beat up. It's a good time. And then we ended uh, our mall excursion by heading in, and I had a Donaire. You know about Donaire? It's the Lebanese-Canadian version of a gyro. So all I was eating this whole trip was gyro meat. Now, they add some cheese. It is a little different in the spicing, the way they do it. And they add pickles and a sweet sauce. It is so delicious. How do you say it again? Donaire. No, the other word. Which one? The G one. What was the G one? The what it what it actually is. Gyro. <laughs> yeah. And you know why I call it gyro? Because I'm not gonna walk around saying hero. Let me have a hero. <laughs> Could I get a beef hero? No. I want a beef gyro. Okay? I was born in Myrtle Beach. I want a beef gyro. I know how to say it. All right. But I also I don't I've had many instances, Peter, where I go up and I say, I'll have a lamb hero. And the restaurant itself goes, what? So now I'm just going to be a dumbass because it gets to what I want quicker. You can correct me if you want. I don't care. But I know if I say I want a lamb gyro that you're going to go, oh, he means a lamb hero and not something else. So, yeah, I'm going to purposefully mispronounce the word gyro as often as I can. Oh, it's a heroscope? Is that what you're going to use? Your heroscope? That's a gyroscope, brother. Okay. Gyroscope. The gyroscope. Now, one thing I didn't mention is we actually 
We started the day at Tim Hortons because obviously that's the Canadian yeah. tradition. Uh, <laughs> BK goes, it's a different kind of people around here, isn't it? And I was like, it absolutely is. You know, like sometimes you go up to the gas station and there's like gas station folks. I don't know how more polite to put yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They had those here, but they were all like very polite gas station folks and very silly and fun and nice. And they also had an unlimited supply of Fago. Now, I don't know if you know this, Peter. Big moment. I was followed by Violent J of ICP this weekend on Instagram. And we'll get to that story later because there's a funnier version of this story coming up Sunday where I met some juggalos and tried to explain this to them. We got all our delicious Tim Hortons coffees. I ordered two iced coffees at once, and BK was like, you good? And I was like, yeah. And then I had already finished the first one, and he was like, I can see why you ordered two at the same time. We went to the Top Talent Show after this. Timing worked out well. We ran into Von Vertigo. And I got to tell you, I need to remind myself that when I'm doing a Thursday show, uh, going all the way is going to lead to immense pain for me over the course of the next few days. Because I got my ass kicked by Raiden the Destroyer. And he chokeslammed me on a metal stage. Uh, I missed a front flip with a trash can onto a chair, Sasuke style. I was hit with a rock band guitar and a crutch. I was hit with chairs. Uh, I was powerbombed through a table, which this time was successful. Sunday, not so much. And I went into thumbtacks where I was at the merch table picking thumbtacks out of my ass. Now, I also need to remember that most people who don't watch deathmatch wrestling all the time, are not familiar with some of the deathmatch wrestling or hardcore wrestling tricks. One of those tricks is the skewers, which I took on a Thursday night in Edmonton because I was feeling it. I was like, I traveled all the way to be here. I've been on the planes for days. I don't need to feel something. I've tried to wipe the wood out of my head, but they went in pretty deep. He said, how hard do I need to hit them? I said, pretty hard. I should have said medium. <laughs> they said, how do you, what's the trick to that? Do you put something on your head to protect it? And you kind of start to feel like an idiot because you go, oh, there's no trick. Um, they just stick bamboo skewers in my head and they stick into my scalp in a way that they won't fall out right away. I then pulled them out of my head and stuck them right up his uh, butt, which is adorable, but not as painful as actually having them piercing your scalp and sticking into your brain. But it was something where I noticed, okay, this is a little, maybe it was a little much because they think it was a trick and it was not and it feels hardcore. Now, I do have to put a slight caveat on this. And I'm about to tell two stories that are, one is brief, but necessary. And the other is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in person. Uh, someone, I really, and genuinely, I could not hear what these fellows were saying. They were very mad that a homosexual was as over as I was. And they were flicking me off a lot, which is fine. And, I, you know, from the crowd, I heard they were saying some things that weren't quite savory. Security was not on this quickly, but security was with the venue. And I don't know. The ref noticed something. I didn't notice it. But after the match, I was cutting a promo saying I would be back to Edmonton. I would be there again to do my magic. And it does seem that they were trying to say some things, blah, blah, blah. And I had to point out to them that... The price for me to wrestle and the price for you to watch me wrestle is a hell of a lot less than the price for me to humiliate you. And I know that the men out here really want that. And that's what your goal is, is to have me turn it around and humiliate you. But I doubt either of you could afford it, to which they sort of backed up to the wall. But it was reminding of me that it is crazy in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, in this faraway land with bison and 
uh, oil fields and, you know, the harsh realities of winter. And I guess they have varmints, which are like, they're like gophers kind of. I don't know. I didn't see any of them real bad. Uh, that there are still people out there who are not understanding of what's going on. But later that night, after the show, we went out to the after party, which was at an arcade bar, which I like. I like going to arcade bars because you're looking at her. Is it too much? They're chewing away. Oh, I was looking at... Oh, okay, you're I was good. looking at a dial. No. We went to the arcade bar, and I wanted to play some arcade games. I ended up playing some arcade basketball. There's footage of me uh, beating... The bosses on the uh, arm wrestling game, which the final boss, the final RoboCop boss, we tied. But then I had other people try to do it, and they were like, you're getting too strong, Effie. And I was like, they can't stop me now. I'm going to be the strongest man in the universe. Do I look like I'm getting stronger, Peter? Is it worrying you, or does it make you feel protected? I, it's, I'm less worried because I'm your friend. If I wasn't, I would be worried. Good. They all should be worried. Don't make me angry. You won't like me when I'm angry. You like that little gruff voice I gave? Mm -hmm. It was cute. Uh, But before we got inside, I was walking up, and the lovely Bryce, who works with Top Talent, drove us up. We had our suitcases, which we were bringing in. There was another group of people outside this arcade bar, and the two gentlemen were arguing, and one of them ran up with a baseball bat, and they were calling each other F-slurs, And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to get involved in this because it's not my fight and this man has a baseball bat. But also, just suck a little dick. Happy pride, just suck a little dick. Y'all are building some weird anger up inside of yourselves. Uh, This man was eventually tackled away, but he's running up with a baseball bat, screaming crazy shit. I was like, I'm not. I'm on probation, Peter. I have to think first and foremost about my probation before yeah. I think about standing up for others because I was not involved in this. But also, I do want to clear the air, and I don't want this to sound like, oh, I would have done it. If you've ever picked up my suitcase, it's very heavy. And I think if, if it had gotten any closer to myself or Brian Keith, and I had full force, and I had full force tossed a suitcase at this man with a baseball bat, and it had not been handled... Uh, it would have been, I probably would have been arrested for assault because yeah. it's, it would have injured this person probably spinally. We end up getting up upstairs and I was like, I'm just not going to be involved in this, but this is a crazy middle of pride month. I'm going to stop messing with her. I keep, I keep wanting to pick up Lucy's toys, but I need to just let her learn on her own. Look at cranberry. She's so pensive right now. What a baby pensive baby. Uh, I played the arcade games. We had fun. We ended up getting back to the hotel. And me and Brian Keith went to the airport the next day in Edmonton. I had a big-ass Tim Hortons breakfast again. When I go up and order the Tim Hortons breakfast, they have to think I'm ordering it for two people. Because I got got a sausage, egg, and cheese bagel. I got a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Both combos with two iced coffees. And two donuts. They have to think I'm going to sit down with my wife. Yeah. I creamed this whole thing down and started watching more movies, which we're going to talk about on the mini-sode, which this process of like, I can rent a movie and we can both watch it, I really like that. I really like the the sharing event of being able to rent movies and then watch them. I do wait for them to go on sale, but it is nice to share that with you and be able to text someone who cares about the fact that BlackBerry is now available (laughs) to watch on HD. Oh my God, it's so good. 
Um, it's we'll the role. We'll talk about it on the mini-sode, but I watched Air after, and I didn't like it. I didn't like Air at all. I thought Air was boring as fuck, and I'm glad for Viola Davis getting the role Michael Jordan wanted her to play, but I was not impressed uh, with Air. Watch your phone there. Lucy's about to make it her true toy. That's okay. Chew it away. I don't need to know what's going on in the world. I... I've also had this theory for a while that Jason Bateman has bodies buried somewhere. And that is just the vibe I get from him in that movie. Yeah, I get that vibe in a lot of movies. And I think if he hadn't made Ozark, it would have seemed more of a stretch. But then you watch that and you go, oh, you're not acting anymore. This is yeah. actually because people are like, oh, Jason Bateman's kind of a dick. And you're like, I don't believe it. He's in all these fun movies. And you kind of watch that and you're like, mm. I had to stop watching it because he was making me uncomfortable. I got on the plane and I flew through. Calgary, which is, I don't know if you know this, the home of the Hart family, and also the home of the bear that used to live under the Hart family house. They had a bear named Ted, who they took all its teeth out and claws, and they wrestled it. They would wrestle the bear, the Hart family dynasty, and Stu would stretch people. It was a different time, but also, uh, maybe don't fuck with bears, I would say. Yeah. I would say, if you've ever seen a bear in real life, it's, it's not something I would fuck with, and... To imagine that Bret Hart and Owen Hart and uh, Bruce Hart and the rest of the Hearts were growing up with a bear under their house. Like, I've seen videos of the house itself, and it's like, uh, it's under the house. The bear is hibernating a lot of the time, I would imagine. But the bear is there, and they used to try to wrestle the bear uh, before they would wrestle Stu Hart. Because, obviously, Stu Hart was the, he was like the final boss of stretching. I'll stretch you, boy. I'll show you how to stretch him. I'll break your arms and then build them back. That was sort of the vibe of um, Stu Hart. And it's also the vibe that I don't ever want brought back to wrestling. I think you can know a lot of tricks of wrestling and magic of wrestling. I don't think I ever need to let an old man almost break my arms to be good at wrestling. Sorry to say it. I flew through Calgary to get back to Chicago. And here's once again, much like Edmonton, I don't really look up things before they happen. So I had just assumed... Oh, I can just ride over on the train straight to the venue that I usually go to. That venue is not the venue for today. <laughs> uh, freelance wrestling over the summer is not going to have access to Logan Square Auditorium. They're doing some kind of theatrical play weird thing there. And I got there and I went, oh, these are not wrestlers entering Logan Square. I have a problem. So I called the freelance office. I said, I went to the wrong venue. Do you want me to just get an Uber? And they said, hold on. We're sending someone. So they sent over kind of incredible, sort of incredible Iverson, who I now believe is truly incredible because they picked me up and dropped me off within 20 minutes. And it was so easy, so magic. And they knew all the back streets of Chicago. Like Ooh. the Uber person wouldn't have gone that way. And I noticed all these Puerto Rican flags. Guess what? It was Puerto Rican weekend in Chicago, to which I said, I've never heard of this Puerto Rican weekend. And they said, what? I thought Puerto Rican weekend was everywhere. And I was like, it is not. It is awesome. But I've not seen it. The music, there were people celebrating on their porches, cooking meat everywhere. It would just, it had such a good summer vibe to get into Chicago and return to America with Puerto Rican weekend. And people don't know this. Puerto Rico is a part of the United States. It is not a foreign yeah. country. They are United States citizens, and we can celebrate their Puerto Rican culture because it is, while being a part of the United States, it also is culturally so much more exciting than a lot of parts of, uh, dare I say, white culture. You know what I mean? Like they, they actually season their food, and they cook their meat correctly, and they have cool stuff, and they have beautiful music, and everybody was – it was just like a porch festival of wonderful Puerto Rican culture, and it was beautiful to just drive through the city. It's warm right now. Chicago, the trick of Chicago, you know what I mean? Like, 
oh, I could live here all the time. Not October through February. You couldn't probably March and a little bit of the beginning of April. It's one of those places where it would be perfect for me if I wore more than two pieces of clothing ever, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I'm not, I'm not looking to do that or change anything. So I get to Chicago. I get there just in time. We're in the new building, Irving Hall, which is a beautiful building. I was very excited. I said, wow, this is going to be like the new freelance home for the summer. Halfway through the show, uh, someone called the police on a noise complaint, and it turns out Irving Plaza, Irving Hall, whatever this building is called, they did not have any of their permits to sell food, to sell liquor, or to host events. And the city was like, hey, uh, we'll let you guys finish this show you're in the middle of, but you can't run events here. This guy lied to you that he could run events. So sadly, the AEW show the next day in Chicago did not get to happen because they were going to run there as well. Yo. And it's very disappointing uh, that these people will take the money of these wrestling promoters to host events and who are you know, giving them business, bringing them food, bringing them this, and lie about their actual ability to permit. So that's actually what happened. It was not any fault of freelance. It was not any fault of AAW. It was not any fault of the city. It truly is someone lied who owns this venue and tried to scheme some money out before anybody realized they don't have any sort of permits to run events in this building. No insurance, no permits, no... Yeah, so they can go fuck themselves. It was uh, fun while it lasted. I was originally supposed to fight Shane Mercer. And after the night I had the night before, I was like, holy shit. This is rough. I need to prepare because he's going to throw me. The last time I wrestled Shane Mercer, he threw me so high in the air, I went above the hard camera. My physical body was above the hard camera view, which should not be possible. Like I flew out of frame and I was like, God, I really have a big weekend ahead. I went from taking six bumps total the last weekend to like, I took six bumps in five minutes in the in the match on Thursday. And I was like, I'm going to be in for it. They changed the match, though, because there was some card shuffling, and I got to wrestle the Southern Flamingo, Coco Lane, who is a feisty... If Let me just say this. If you've ever wondered how two, two effeminate boys in pink outfits with Southern accents would work babyface and heel, this boy, he knew what he was doing. He worked it all the way. He was so evil and fun. We built our whole match around... The reverse atomic drop, which is a move where I pick you up from behind and I drop you onto your tailbone, tailbone. Uh, and so we kept mixing up how we were doing that. And it, I think it's on IWTV. You should definitely go watch it from Freelance uh, versus The World 9, I believe, was the show. It is a very fun, I think, 11-minute match that I had so much fun watching. I really enjoyed being a part of. And Coco Lane, a very fun person to work with. I will say by the end of the show, I had not really eaten. I got a I got a quick protein shake in O'Hare. And I gotta say again, there's something about these Chicago airport boys. They are they it's like they eat enough and they're thick and they like wearing little shorts. And you're just walking through this airport going like, There's just honks everywhere. It's just honk city out here. I changed from my Alberta outfit of like pants and a hoodie to very small shorts in a tank top and got on the train headed into the city. Um, but afterwards I had not eaten in so long that I was like, I might die. So we went out to this hot dog meat sandwich restaurant with almost everyone from the show. And I got to say this, I'm going to try not to get pissed off or fired up about this after a show. And I'm, I'm going to say it polite, Peter, I don't know how to do this. 
I don't want to go where everyone's going. Okay. I don't want to wait in line with you. I don't want to wait behind people who are at the show. I don't want to wait for other people to show up from the show. I don't like uh, overwhelming a restaurant with a bunch of wrestlers at once. I don't ever want to do it. I'm just saying that. I will. I do it. I did it two days in a row. I will. I don't ever want to do it. It is the dumbest idea possible. We just hung out with each other for four hours. Go the fuck where you want to eat and let's go separately because these restaurants don't deserve that. But I did pull a scheme out and I'm going to apologize again to Sandra Moon here because she said, that's so nice of you to buy my food. Peter, I bought her food because she was first in line and I figured I could just jump in line in front of everyone and I was so hungry that I was like, whatever you want, I'll buy it. Just order it right now. And let's get our food together, which was seemed like a nice gesture at the time. It was just me saying like, yeah, I'll pay another $20 so I don't have to wait in behind this line, which was the right choice because by the time everyone got their food, I had gotten through my first hot dog and I was like, oh, I don't want to kill anyone anymore. This is fantastic. What a time. We ended up back at the Silicon Valley Sex Dungeon again with Trevor Outlaw. It is a frequented place. Uh, but I was so tired at this point, and I can't smoke weed anymore. So I just like tried to get some rest, tried to go to bed. I did get to hang out with Trip Jordy uh, long term for the first time. What a positive ray of sunshine he is! He lives here in Atlanta in Norcross, and I said, "Listen, I'm an antisocial person." show me how to be social in Atlanta sometime. We'll see if it works. I know he hangs out with Dylan McQueen a bit and some of that crew. So maybe we'll start having more friendship journeys down here in Atlanta. I think we've got a better location and uh, home to do it. So we'll see what comes of that. But I did have to leave again at 5 a.m. because I was going to Florida. Oh, I'm getting jitters even thinking about it. Oh, the jitters. I flew from Chicago to Jacksonville, Florida, and there was no flight that was going to get me back to Atlanta in time or to Denver in time. So I did have to just rent a car, which I have now qualified for executive with my rent a car. So I had the Audi and it was very nice. It was a souped up Audi Quattro. I was feeling it, but I got to Florida and immediately all offense to people in Florida, let me just say that, I think there's a bacteria in the air. I'm not going to discount that people are just fucking stupid and move there so their hateful beliefs can be seen, but I'm pretty sure everybody is breathing in something down there that is making them just ultimately dumb as fuck. Because as soon as I got off that plane, it was like people's brains were just not working. It was people standing in the way. You know, I just said about the escalator thing, when families go up the escalator and then just stop at the top, but it was like everyone was doing that, but then just running into each other. I couldn't get out of the rental car garage because people kept trying to go the wrong way and drive over the spikes where it didn't say exit. Like it was like exit to the right. And they say that to you and there's a sign in front of you and they kept trying to go forward over the spikes. And so it's like the employees running around going crazy. It was just like very clear that this was not a good place. And it's very good that I got out of Florida. And if you still live in Florida, do everything you can. I know it's hard for everyone. I know it's difficult. Do everything in your power to get the fuck out of Florida. I am begging you, please escape. Please do anything in your power. My brother lives in Florida, and I worry every day. Uh, the There's a political um, astrologer that I follow who is convinced that the end of the DeSantis presidential run is him getting frustrated, giving up, and declaring Florida its own country. They can have it. Good luck. Have fun. I'm not visiting that country. I don't, 
I hope you need a passport to go there because no one's going. No one will go. You know what? The cruise ship industry will move up to South Carolina. And who in my life thought I'd be like, South Carolina is a better choice than what? Than what? Than literally hell. And I felt the steam of it. But I did have to remember that I started in Florida. I started in this vast wasteland. And I think it made me the punk rocker that I am today. I went to the River City Wrestling Con. I've done this multiple years in a row. And I got there. And this isn't a, this isn't a complaint. But I do have to... I do have to assure people that they need to tell me correct things when I arrive at a building. I arrived at this building at like 11. Don't you dare. Bebop's doing the thing where he pretends he's like, like, you know, like when you see like toxic the, masculinity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're like, huh, yeah, you want to go? Want to go? go? So he's go? doing the little, yeah, he's getting excited now. And while, uh, while everyone else is chilled out and cuddled. And- yeah, the girls are laying down. The boy is like, you want to fight me right now on the couch? No, I don't, Bebop. Bebop, lay down. You're a wild man. I give you everything. I give you everything in this life. I get to the River City Wrestling Con at like 11.38. I immediately walk in and I'm confused and, I, and I'm and i trying to find where I need to go. And I oopsie cut off the Brian Danielson line, like trying to get through. And the uh-huh. security's like, you can't go through here. And I was like, I'm only going through once. See ya. And I don't. I apologize if I came off as uh, ignoring or apathetic towards you, Brian Danielson. I'm actually a big fan of your work. But I also have to tell you this. None of y'all are celebrities to me anymore. None of y'all are higher rate than me. I don't need selfies with you. I don't want a picture with you. I don't want to ask you questions about WrestleMania. I don't give a shit. We are both people who work in an industry. And I'm really proud of your success. That's beautiful. But when I saw all the fucking marks lining up in the backstage trying to get pictures with him, I was like, honestly, good for him. Good for them. I'd be so embarrassed if I really wanted to take a picture with another grown man who does the same job as me. I'm sorry. I just don't give a shit. Uh, Good for him, though. It seemed like his line was busy. This building was so hot. But I arrive here at 1130, and the wrestling has already started. And they were like, Effie, the wrestling's already started. And I was like, shit. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's already started. But in my mind, I was like, but I'm going to get out of this building pretty quick. Like, I won't be here all day. So as I'm rush changing to get ready for my match against the Infinite Man, Tim, and Stunt Marshall, two people who I know pretty well, they then came up to me and said, your segment isn't until 5 p.m. So now I'm going to be in gear for six hours (laughs) because they rushed me when I got in and then informed me that your segment is not until five. So now I'm just walking around this stupid building. Sorry, this it's a nice building, I guess. In my gear for six hours, rushed for no reason. I was not happy at this moment. So I tried to go outside and, you know, I can't smoke weed anymore. I tried to smoke a cigarette. I took two puffs, Peter. It was so hot out there. I can't imagine how any human would think they're supposed to live there. And I say this all the time, and I know it gets hot in Atlanta, but when I go somewhere where it is too cold or too hot, I think... Y'all are Christians, aren't you? God does not want you to live here. God does not want you to inhabit this part of the earth. If you need jackets or you need air conditioning, it's probably not a place where God wants you to live. So I need you to rethink everything. And this is the north of Florida. I can't even imagine what Miami feels like right now. My, I mean, my skin is like ugh, thinking about it. The direct sunlight, the humidity, the, the sun right on you, the heat, it was a nightmare to stand outside in. So I was just like, I'm stuck inside trying to stay as hydrated as I can all day. 
Eventually, we got to our segment at 5 p.m. We had a sick match. I banged Stunt Marshall over the head with a guitar. Then I took... uh, This move is called Brokeback Mountain. And it's not because it's gay. It's because it breaks your back. Now, I'm going to describe it to you. I am flipped up on top of the shoulder facing the ceiling of Tim. He then spins me in a full 360-degree spin towards the ground, but stops me on his knee so that my spine hits his knee. So you are spinning into this, and he said, are you okay? That's the best I've ever seen anyone take it. And I said, Tim, no one's cracked my back like that in years. (laughs) He said, you kicked out pretty hard. I said, I felt a rush of life within me that I had never felt before. And after those two days of matches already and this match, I needed that spinal crack. Now, what happened in the end? Tim hit a moonsault double stomp on me, and right before he could get the cover, Stunt Marshall with parts of a guitar in his head sneaks over and puts his arm across my chest. And now I'm going to say something I never thought I'd say on this show. Uh, Loki actually helped me with that finish and made it better than what it was beforehand. I, I'm not going to go into it deeper. I'm just going to say in this instant, Loki was beneficial to my wrestling. And I have to admit it out loud. If I'm going to admit when he's not been beneficial, I'm going to admit when he has been beneficial. They gave us 12 minutes. 12 minutes and 20 seconds, my friend. When you work with professionals, you know how to get it done exactly in time and pace yourself and make it count. But I did enjoy getting hit, I mean, hitting him in the head with a guitar. And I did say to Loki, he goes, well, why would he do anything else after he gets hit with a guitar? And I said, well, because fuck Jeff Jarrett. And he said, <laughs> and I said, I made Loki laugh about Jeff Jarrett. That's very funny. I'm pretty sure the guitar ended up next to my bag as a rib. And I saw Jay Lethal and I asked him, I said, did you put a guitar next to my bag? And he said, no, but someone did. And I said, well, I'm going to use it then. And I smacked Stump Marshall over the head with that guitar. I filled it up with powder. It exploded everywhere. It was very fun. And I understand why Jeff Jarrett does it, but it will not be a regular in my arsenal. We finish up about 5.30. I change out of my gear very quickly, take a few selfies with the fans, tried to sell merch, uh, but I had to get out of there back in the Audi because my flight took off at 5 a.m. from Atlanta. And so I drove back as far as I could. I stayed at a very shitty red roof, almost getting there. Like my plan was to come back here and like offload some stuff and like say hey to the dogs and do this. But I was like, that's going to take away an hour of sleep. And I think I'm only going to get two hours of sleep. So I better just do this. I'm next to the car rental place. I can drop this off. I can get out of town. I land in Denver Sunday, only seven days removed from being in Denver with everything else in between. And I was ready for Joan Jetson's queer launch, which was going to be the second time that Joan Jetson, she has run a, uh, a LGBTQ friendly event. She is an actual rocket scientist who works with NASA, uh, and with rocket ships. I actually brought you, I brought you a little rocket ship present. Uh, that is a, his name is Rocky the rocket and the main mascot rocky the rocket looks like a dildo i'll be honest but this one is the three the trifold rocket and it's very cute and i know the dogs will rip it to shreds but it's i want you to have it and i think it's very cute it's given to me by joan jetson her wife made me breakfast it was delicious she i said you're not from denver because these biscuits and gravy are not denver she said i lived in alabama for a while i don't anymore but i know how to make good biscuits and gravy and she even cooked the potatoes with the right spices and a little bit of fennel that went with it it was it was what i needed i needed to land in denver and immediately be given a fat southern breakfast and then i was allowed to just take a nap and i napped for two hours now this was going to be 
for Pride. We didn't even discuss this earlier. I tweeted about it. I did 15,000 miles from June 1st to June 12th. I did nine matches, two countries, obviously, with Edmonton, Alberta, and uh, still had time to watch a lot of movies. But this was my eighth and ninth match because I told Joan, I said, I'll work the Royal Rumble and I'll work the main event because I'm a crazy person. And so (laughs) we get to the venue pretty early uh, because at 3 p.m., Dad is going to be there doing a DJ set. Now, if you're not familiar with Dad, you may know Dad as other names, as Keith Apicary, as uh, Nathan Barnett, his real name. But now he is Dad Feels, and he has been doing a lot of cool stuff with some of my other friends, like John Morrison, with the Epic Mealtimes guy, uh, Harley. What is his last name? Do we know? Uh, no. I uh, Morrison? No, not John, not John Morrison's last name. Uh, Harley, the Epic Mealtimes guy, who just did the Creator Clash and fought John Morrison, and now they are building their feud up. Uh, but I have been a fan. I mean, me and you go back on like, we're old enough to be like early YouTube fiends. Mm-hmm. And so like those videos of the Keith Apicary dancing and fucking with people and doing weird stuff always sat in my mind. Martin Steen, Harley Morton, Harley Mortenstein. He did the creator clash and dad fields was there too. Dad had a match at creator clash. And this was dad's first two hour DJ set that was going to open looking up fucking jacked and looking creator clash. Oh my so God. jacked. And it's always so jacked. And this man had the nerve to tell me, I don't know if I can dance like I want to today in my DJ set because my ankle hurts and then went full blast to the wall. And I was like, I was like, I can't believe I'm at a show where I'm booked at it and I'm dancing to the dad DJ set and he's playing poppy songs and we're all getting lit. It was such a lit environment and so much fun. And we took over that Roxy Theater. Now, if you so the early YouTube that we're talking about, if you were ever a Maidon fan, and Maidon fucking rules, by the way, um, he did a video that actually has Martin Starr from Silicon Valley and Freaks and Geeks. Ah, at the very beginning of it. I don't remember this video. So it's the video where he uh, he's dancing in place and then the scene is changing, but he's doing the same dance move across the entire. So it's like I have stop, seen this video. it's like a stop motion dance video with actual dancing in it. Yeah. And Martin Starr is at the very beginning of the video. He is very funny. I want to rewatch Party Down. I heard they're bringing it back. Um, that's actually one of the DVDs I have in the binder. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause I'm a huge party down fan. How could you not be? Uh, what's the line? What's the Adam Scott line? Um, shit. Uh, are we having fun yet? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. 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 I didn't sound right. It didn't sound right. Are we having fun yet? Are we having fun? Do the line. Do the line. Do the line. My my favorite one of those episodes is when they're doing the investor conference and the guy's like scamming everybody and has like a fake gun. Yes. <laughs> and they're just making that joke like, what was what was Beretta's name in Beretta? And they're like, Beretta. Beretta. Like, no, that's the gun. <laughs> we're rewatching Party Down. Yes. We're about to be on a journey. We're going to do a lot more watch along stuff, I hope, because this setup is very, this works for us to yeah. just like talk about hey start the movie now we're going to talk over this movie and i think that's going to add a lot of more exciting content to the patreon at weekend at we're keeping the content flowing now i had we had a dark period i had a dark period where i was like 
just overwhelmed with everything going yeah. on in my life with like the month of May. When I explain to people what I spent $16,000 on, they're very sad because it wasn't on anything fun. There wasn't any joyful purchases during May. Uh, but now we are going to find joy, find peace, find comfort. I wrestled in the rumble and I said to dad, I said, dad, are you going to be in this rumble? He said, I don't know. I said, you should be in this rumble. And so I ended up getting to run some spots with dad in the rumble where he jumped on me. Sometimes you're reminded that people who don't train in wrestling, they punch pretty hard and he punched yeah. I would not want to shoot fight dad. I'm just going to say that because I think he was trying to pull the punches and he was lighting my ass up. Oof. He then he jumps on me. He punches the hell out of me. He does all this. And then he chokes me down and spanks me to which I respond by pulling my pants down and asking for more spankings. What are you doing, Bob? Uh, to which he responds by choke slamming me to hell, the dad slam from hell, to which I respond by punching him in the dick and throwing him out of the Royal Rumble. I had had enough of dad, but it was very cool. We actually, we got tacos earlier in the day and talked about stuff and talked about wrestling and talked about the similarities of our jobs and businesses and how to approach things. And it was so lovely to talk to somebody who you've watched be an entertainer for so long and see that you have very similar views on how to maintain your, once again, the word of the year, I think is going to be agency, how to maintain your agency while providing what needs to be provided uh, as far as entertainment. And the man busted his ass working. He's excited about wrestling. I'm excited to see how pro wrestling mixes in more with these creator clash events and other forms of wrestling and sort of seeing the, the trillerization of wrestling, because I don't believe it takes away any of the sanctity of wrestling. And I think if people are thinking wrestling is in some way sanctimonious, they're probably stupid as fuck. Anyway, someone wrote on my cage match. Not that I care. This is a website where you like review wrestlers, but it keeps track of all my matches that someone said, I can't decide whether I'm serious or comedic and get Guess what, folks? I will never decide that because I am a 360-degree character. I am self-aware, and I can always be both. The main event of this evening was me versus what I can only describe as a 300-pound-plus giant man named Marlon Bishop. And we had a sick match for the championship. I did not win, but I did have a moment in there where Joan Jetson had provided a table that we could use uh, to do some tabling. And I was power bombed into the table and it did not break to which I immediately said, just do it again, bro. Cause I'm not the smartest bird in the world. And he did it again, harder. And the table still did not break. I bounced off the table to the ground and I looked over at another one of the wrestlers who was watching the match from the side stage. And I just started laughing and I said, happy pride. <laughs> and I thought that was what a wonderful way to cap this off. I did not win the match in the end. Uh, I did get to see a lot of cool fans, and I want to bring this story up. Now, I brought up last week when me and Warhorse went to the mall. We got recognized at the mall, which was very cool, but this was even cooler. Uh, a couple came up to me after, and they said, we didn't plan to come today, but we were walking around town, and we saw this was happening, so we came to it, like a wild LGBTQ wrestling event, and they did not know anything about Effie, but they had taken a picture of Effie in the ring and said, this guy is hilarious and sent it to their group chat to which two people in their group chat responded, Oh shit, you're seeing Effie. And I thought, what a cool thing to have somebody who has no idea or function of what I'm doing still wanted to share me with their friends saying, this guy is so entertaining. And the friends already knew who I was. We are reaching a new sort of 
vibe of, I think I'm going to prove my experiment correctly. I'm not getting ahead of myself, but I do believe that through my hard work, through trusting myself and through putting out the art that I think is spectacular to me, that I'm going to quickly become a name in many more households in the United States than I ever expected. I'm going to continually be stopped in airports for pictures, which is so freaking cool. And I am going to take it all with a tone of uh, acceptance and excitement. And I'm never going to be mad that somebody wants to meet me or spend time with me or recognize me or thinks I'm cool and wants to give me a hug and take a picture with me. I think it's so awesome. So cool. If you're hesitating on coming up to talk to me, I promise I will ease the tension. It will be fun. Uh, one of the rules of Effie is I've never met a stranger and I believe that in my heart. So come be not a stranger to me. Uh, I hate when I see that people are like, I was too nervous to come talk to you at a show. Please never be too nervous to talk to me at a show. But even out in public, even if I look scary, like you said, I saw you one time running on the belt line and it looks like you were pretty dead serious about your fitness and not to be messed with. Just mess with me. It's fine. I'll live through it. And if anything, even if it makes me mad, it just motivates me to work out harder afterwards. That's the, that's the way life goes, right? <laughs> Peter, I've heard we have a lot of questions this we week. We do. Can we take uh, a quick bathroom break? Yeah, of course. We can do whatever you want. It's your show. Okay, questions. Hell yeah. So this first one is from Boris. What is your favorite vacation destination and why? I got to be honest. Some of my best vacation times, which I don't have a lot of vacation time anymore, and I even said to someone this week, when they asked me if I was going to Edmonton for pleasure or business, I said, I will never leave my house again unless I'm being paid. Uh, that's not entirely true. I love renting a little cabin up in North Carolina or Tennessee yeah. and just hiding in the woods for a bit and wandering the woods. Like we, me and AJ stayed at a place in Tryon, North Carolina recently, which surprisingly very gay town. Weird. I was just up there. It's beautiful. It is. Uh, but that's sort of like... I want to sort of disappear from everything. I don't want to go to a place where like we have to like go out and do social things or go to shows or do all that. Yeah. Like for me, Vegas is a business destination and the woods is a vacation destination and I'd like to keep it as such. What about you, Peter? Where do you like to go? Uh, if it, yeah, I mean, you're right. It feels like here the two options are beach or cabin. Um, and I don't really, I would pick cabin over beach, but Mm, anywhere with good museums is kind of more Ooh. my vibe. I think we have to do a little DC trip. One of my friends, I Robert, he just DC. moved to DC back from Australia. And I think that we could go spend some time up there and really have a museum field day. Most of those museums are free, free entry and it's very fun. There's a, uh, there's a term in um, the psychedelic space called a museum dose, which is slightly more than a microdose. I like this dose. And it is perfect for going and spending time in museums. Yes. And I have done that in D.C. before, and it was absolutely wonderful. That sounds like a fantasy. I will say, too, I like to go skiing. It's one of my most, like, white boy activities. Uh, my father was a very good skier growing up, water skiing and snow skiing. So I grew up skiing a lot. And so, like, that was one thing where, like, I had two days off in the middle of the week, I think two years ago, and me and AJ just snuck away to Denver to go skiing, and it was fantastic. I love skiing. I think it's very fun. Uh, I don't like what it does to the earth, much like golf, but I don't know. I like skiing enough to where I'll, I'll, let, it, I'll let it slide a little bit on the mountains, you know? <laughs> get it? Get it? Yeah, Do you get yeah, it? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. 
Uh, Brian, how have you two been adapting to life as housemates? Has it been easy? Is there anything new you've discovered about each other that you didn't know before? I think we're still in the learning process. I'm glad that we both like a lot of things like coffee and going on nice neighborhood walks. Mm -hmm. I think it's been really good for the dogs. Um, you're still getting moved in, so I'm sure it's going to change a little once you're settled and in here. Yeah. Uh, but you did, you did compliment that I'd made some changes to the house already. That was literally what I was going to say is I'm not finding out anything. I, I'm just confirming how sweet of a human being you I are. I just, if I see a problem, I'm going to solve it. It's just like, we, like our, our shower had a little, a little leak that was making everything wet that shouldn't have been wet in the bathroom. And I got on it. And, uh, you did it before you left and it just, I don't, I feel, I feel very, uh, supported and taken care of over yes. here. Yes. And you're very, you're a very lax roommate and a chill roommate. I don't want to like step over that or make it, you know, something I'm taking advantage of. But it is very nice to be like, like I'll come to you and be like, I don't know what should we do this? Is this allowed? You're like, just trust yourself and you're fine. Or I'll be like, I can't get a hold of the city to get us another garbage can. I don't know what we're gonna do. And you're like, I guess we'll just wait for them to figure it out. And it's very, there's a pleasantness to. So you gotta always figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Where our our charts are like perfect to live together. Good. Um, and it's it's because I both of us are very easygoing and also we're worried about offending the other person slightly <laughs> that we it's it's a respectful tiptoeing that isn't walking on eggshells and you let me nourish you that's my number one thing i like to nourish people and be like there's food in the fridge there's things you can eat there's stuff you can have just eat up have a good time and i think we're gonna eat a lot more chicken fried rice together i'm excited i have a feeling now i gotta tell you i have been on my bolt game and my eating game and i do like to watch your sort of fascination with like do you do this all the time? That was something you asked me today. I was making a protein shake and you were like, and I'm adding like supplements to it and stuff. And you're like, is this, is this a thing? I'm like, this is, we're in it now. It's just, it's, I'm living in foreign territory, but I'm always living in foreign territory. I like it. I enjoy it's it. It's fun. We're it's having different. a good time. I think we're going to be. The neighborhood's so fucking cute. This is like if mushrooms were a neighborhood. Yeah. It's so magical here. Yeah. Everybody has art and plants and excitement in their yard everybody's polite we're all waving everyone is against cop city <laughs> yeah everyone's very against cop city here uh we read the crime report there's literally like there were three crimes or something and yeah. they were all dumb crimes it's very nice and there are so many dogs in this neighborhood mm -hmm. and just seeing all the like the variety of dogs too like i just there's so many types of dogs i saw a scooby-doo size great dane deal out there the other day that was beautiful gigantic there's this just like, gorgeous greyhound that walks around with this little oh, terrier and they're so funny together there's no cuter dog than a greyhound and a turtleneck can we can we agree on this yeah i know yeah. it's summer don't put your dog in a turtleneck in the summer but i'm hoping in the winter we can get we were also discussing halloween's gonna be really fun at this house <laughs> it's gonna i'm gonna have to put a little effort into the halloween this year because I don't want to be a miser, because it does seem like a lot of the children will be trick or treating, and I want to provide them with good candy. So you know, we're gonna we're gonna give your kids the big we're, king size bars. We're down the street from the Edmond Park um, Halloween parade. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, can we be in the parade? Oh, technically, Lucy and I were one year. I Have think I we told gotta, you about this? No. Okay, so we we took acid on Halloween one year. <laughs> and well I took acid. Lucy yeah. is always on Lucy's acid. always on acid. Yeah, she's look at her. She's looking at me right now, just tripping. 
Um, and it was like, I, I made my way up and around and accidentally made it into the parade, like a right, right around the time that it was starting and being just a little discombobulated. I didn't quite, I wasn't quite aware of where we were. And then, um, drumming started <laughs> to occur. And then I look over and a giant goose puppet. Oh my gosh. Gets unfurled. And I realized that we're at the front of the parade and it's starting. You are leading the parade with Lucy. And I knew we had to get out of there. And uh, you know Lucy's little jumpy dance yes, celebratory I, thing that quite, she does? Quite common now. Um, she will leap and run around like she's doing a little dance. Uh, and uh, <laughs> she immediately started doing that. And I was like, all right, shit, okay. We got to go. And so we basically just like ran down the hill. There's people everywhere and they just start cheering and clapping. And so she's for dancing us. even and more. Dancing Is even she wearing more. her outfit? Uh, I believe she had her. Um, you always have good Halloween outfits for Lucy. I think she had her little red riding hood on. Oh my goodness. Yeah. She's not a wolf. The unicorn's not very easy. No, but it's very cute. And understandably so. Cranberry has not always been a big uh, proponent of costumes, but I haven't really had the chance to dress Bebop up much yet. I think it's going to be... We could probably come with a a little couple costume for the two of them. Oh, I think it'd be adorable. I think we need more of that. Yes, we're, we're having fun living together. We're enjoying it. Okay, this is from Steve. What cult would you be interested in joining and why? Ooh. Uh... You know, I always joke that I keep a copy of Dianetics in the house just to sort of uh, vague test everyone who's coming by. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in Scientology at all, but I do like the antisocial nature of it to where if you start to bring up Scientology to anyone, they're like, okay, I'm going to probably leave now. This is not good. So it is something that you can flip on uh, and make, you know, make people get out of your hair if they're getting a little too in your business. So probably I would be a Scientologist. I couldn't, I was having a hard time with it because there's, you know, there's benefits of some and disadvantages of others. Um, yeah, I couldn't do Heaven's Gate. There's a lot there that I just am not into. Free Nikes, though. Yeah, free Nikes, but there's a lot of suffering to get to the free Nikes. And I don't mind paying, you know, full price for the Nikes like, if I, you know. You just got to wait for everyone else to drink the Kool Aid <laughs> and then you dip out of there. <laughs> I want to meet the executive who's like, guys, it was Flavor-Aid. Please stop putting this on us. Kool-Aid is a brand that doesn't support mass suicide, and the flavors don't mix well with cyanide. It's not something we do here. Flavor-Aid, though, tastes great with cyanide if you want to drink that shit. I think like a small alien-oriented cult would be cool. Yeah. Have you seen the new Pixar trailer for Elio? No. Where a little kid gets, uh, he accidentally is found to be the, through through a little mix-up, they think he's the leader of Earth, and he has to go be the leader to uh, defend Earth at the trial of the multiverse. And it looks very much of that sort of like like an Elio cult where we're like, only the innocent child could protect us and defend us from being destroyed if we had sent any politician or anyone else. So like maybe it's a cult of space innocence, and maybe we have to like enjoy the innocence of our existence more to expand into space. I like that one. Let's start this cult. Okay, this is from Emily. Effie, what is your favorite top-tier cinnamon roll slash bun? Well, I mean, obviously Cinnabon has 
you know, the market share. But I will say at the, I want to, I don't want to say the name wrong, but it's the family restaurant in front of the hotel I stay at in Denver. They have this cinnamon roll that is the size of a dinner plate and has almost a full stick of butter on it and the frosting. And I always find myself in a position where whoever I'm eating there with thinks I can't eat the whole cinnamon roll. Now, should I eat the whole cinnamon roll? Probably not. But is it so good? And do I? Absolutely. I've tried to watch my sweets intake a little bit recently. And it's been easier not having cannabis in my life. Unfortunately, I don't want to ever be mean to cannabis. But I do eat a lot more ice cream and cinnamon rolls when I'm high. Uh, But you have to have the time and the place for it. And if I'm going to eat a cinnamon roll, I want one the size of a dinner plate covered in butter and warm. I will say secondary to that, in Fargo, there is a cinnamon roll place that Eric from Time Bomb Pro took me to. And that one was right on par with that Denver cinnamon roll. What about you? Are you a big cinnamon roll fan? Uh, I'm a little hit or miss on cinnamon okay. rolls. I mean, sometimes you get them and they can be dry. I don't like any of the ones that you make yourself out of the no, can. No, I don't no, think no, that's ever going to be good. No, no. But I'll also eat a bad cinnamon roll. Peter, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, no, I, I'm a weird... Frosting hits a weird part of my palate. One thing me and AJ disagreed on was cream cheese frosting. He did not like cream cheese frosting at all. I love cream cheese frosting. And so... Cinnamon rolls with cream cheese frosting, they're always going to be A-plus in my book. But if it's just like the icing, I'm not always a fan. No. Uh, and this is also from Emily. For both of you, what celebrities make you starstruck? I may have told this story before on here, but there's a... I'm never really starstruck. And, I, and part of it is a defense mechanism of like, if I approach you as your equal and don't fan out for you then it's like you're not you don't have a power over me you know what I mean like but I also think that's an easier way to get a human connection with someone but one year 4th of July I was working the Casanova Valentine rooftop show and it was after my match and I won't name the gay porn star but a gay porn star showed up at this show and I was like oh my god and I was like shaking in my boots and I was like I have to go talk to him and I was like how do you approach a gay porn star and say, like, big big fan of your work and not seem real weird. But we ended up having a conversation, and it was so funny to me that was, they were like, yeah, everybody else went to the Hamptons. We wanted to do something more punk rock. And I was like, well, you picked the right place as I'm covered in blood in my pantyhose on a roof in Brooklyn going, I can't believe you're here. This isn't real. I've never seen you in person. But it also reminded me, porn stars are very small people, not, not, uh, metaphorically but like physically Physically. very small people and it blew my mind and that's pretty much the only time i've been genuinely starstruck as this weekend i walk past you know one of the top wrestlers in the world and i'm like hey buddy sorry i cut your line i'm going this way i gotta work i can't recognize celebrities in person really my brain doesn't do the translation over like even when i go see bands i'm really into it's not them that's weird. I don't know what it is. I don't either. One um, time I was in CVS in Hollywood, and I was standing behind Adam Scott, speaking of Party Down, and I was like, damn, that's Adam Scott at CVS. And someone came up and asked him for a picture, and he wasn't rude, but you could tell it was like, come on, man, I'm just trying to buy like Robitussin yeah, and go back to bed. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I was like, you know what? I get to watch you at the store. You're a regular person. Once again, very small. This is why I can't be put in some celebrity situations, because I don't know if you know this, Peter. I'm gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. 
This next one is from Drugs Delaney. I agree. Fuck the ocean. When I was a young drugs going to the beach and there was medical waste and needles everywhere, man. Fuck the ocean. Give the pups hugs and treats. I will give the give hugs to the to the pups and give them treats. I you know it's one of those things where I think it was seeing that video of the shark eat the guy this weekend really set me off because they killed the shark afterwards. Like this, don't watch the video if you haven't seen it. But it is a guy getting devoured by a shark in the ocean in front of his family. But he also, what do you expect? I don't want to tell you. You lost. Nature won. You lost. You went into a place where you physically cannot survive under the water, and your body cannot survive above the water that long. You're not on a boat. You're out in the water. This is their house. You don't have gills, bro. Like, okay, walk in on the shore, but yeah, a jellyfish might sting you. A crab might bite your foot. You know, a fish might stab you. I don't know. All I'm saying is you can't expect good things to come from a place where you physically are not evolved to survive in. It doesn't make sense to me. Plus, sand mixed with heat, mixed with salt on me while I'm as sweaty as I am, it's never going to be a comfortable place for me to go. Mm-mm. I want to have a pool. I want to have a chair. I don't want to be covered in sand. When I sweat, I want to get in the chlorine. I want to get in the lazy river. I want to know that we're disinfecting this water. Plus, like beyond even the fish shit, like people are gross in the ocean and they're just pissing everywhere anyway. I'm not a fan. Anakin was right. Anakin was right. Fuck this sand. Sand sucks. Do I think he should have killed the younglings? No. Do I think he had every right to be that angry? Yeah. Just sand everywhere. And especially once you become Darth Vader. Think about if sand gets in your Darth Vader suit. And you're like, you got no legs and, and no arms. And you're just in the suit. And it's starting to get down in your weird wounds. No way, dude. I'd be pissed. I understand Anakin Skywalker. Solidarity. <laughs> okay, this is from Rick. For both of you, what songs are your ultimate slash favorite 90s songs? Uh, I always will turn on Hootie and the Blowfish. Obviously, I'm a little bit partial because I spent some time working for Hootie and the Blowfish. And they taught me lots of cool things uh, and tricks and how to value yourself in celebrity and not let things sort of slide by when you can get advantages. Like, you should get them. Uh, but beyond that, like... Let's let's think. I'm a big I'm a big Limp Biscuit fan. I don't know if that's technically '90s, but that's probably something. I don't know. I really like Limp Biscuit. Um, I listened to a Spanish version of Hoobastank's "The Reason" this weekend that I really enjoyed. Uh, Esa la razón es tú. It was very good. It's very well done. I don't think that's '90s either. Um, I like Alanis Morissette a lot. I like Feisty Females. Um, what is the Spanish version of the reason who does this? I don't remember who did it. Someone showed it to me at the show and it was very good. And I very much liked it. My, I just have like, I think the, if we're going to pick the whole nineties and throw it in one thing that like hits it for me, at least it's a hold on by Wilson Phillips. Whoa. I saw Wilson Phillips at Epcot one time. No shit. Accidentally. I didn't know they were performing and then they started playing hold on. And I was like, this is the best food and wine festival uh, I've ever been to. The Speaking of people that at Disney, um, Rick ran into or saw um, uh, Uncle Baby Billy in Uncle Baby Billy outfit like before Righteous Gemstones. Like he was like working it out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What? Where? Yeah. Um, Dis- Disneyland. He was just going around the park yeah. being Uncle Baby Billy? Yeah. What a great way to sort of see how people react to your character, though, because you're kind of getting everyone in the world at Disney World, you know? Exactly. Like, you're going to get a feel exactly. for all of that. 
I can't imagine it was cool in the suit and the wig, though. Uh, it sounded like he didn't want to be <laughs> interacted with. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I understand. Um, okay, and then we have two more. The second to last one is from Rob. Hi, Effie and Peter. Hope you're doing bo- both doing well. Effie, if a biography was currently being written about you, what chapter would we be in right now, and what would the chapter be called? Uh, I think it would be called Mastering the Skill. I think we're through the hurricane of self-discovery. I think we're through the hurricane of uh, stretching myself thin. And I think now there is a, there's a reasonable understanding of the service I'm providing, and there's an excitement to uh, continuing to expand the art. I continue thinking about the, the quote about Lydia Tarr, where once you start trying to protect your legacy, you're not creatively flowing forward. And I have no intentions of protecting any legacy here. I want to continue making art that scares me a little bit and is exciting. And I want to show up and people be like, you didn't have to do all that, Effie. And I'll go, I wanted to do all that because I am excited by my art and what I am capable of and able to do. And I'm now entering a period where like, I get to, I get to lay my cards on the table a little bit and I get to find, Hey, I really enjoyed this part of this show, but this part made me uncomfortable or this part wasn't enjoyable, or I didn't like that. I had to be here this long and to sort of have control over those things. I think it's going to make it more exciting to keep coming up with whatever I want to come up with in the art. And I think I'm going to continue mastering the skill of wrestling and working and, uh, being in front of a live crowd and making that excitement happening. I don't think we're at the tail end of anything. My body feels fine. I've been protecting myself a lot. And I think, you know, do I need to wrestle as many matches as I've wrestled this year or last year? Maybe not, but does it bother me? No. And am I getting better at sort of being able to, uh, make sure I'm protecting my energies enough in that period? Uh, yes, I'm doing that in a really magic way where I feel like I'm going to have some of the best moments of my career ahead just because I'm excited by what I'm capable of and I'm allowed to do whatever the fuck I want. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Last question. This is from Danny for both of you. Who is the greatest Batman in movies or TV? Well, I hate saying Michael Keaton now because I've heard this flash movie is absolute trash, which I didn't know how it couldn't be. Uh, I'm very proud of Michael Keaton for getting back on the the horse and getting his money and getting what he wants and working Marvel and then working Sony and then working whatever, you know, get your money. But I do think there is something very classic Batman about him. But I also like, I'm going to say this. I don't think the George Clooney Batman movie is bad. And I think that's possibly because I'm a homosexual that I think it's probably pretty good. Uh, didn't, uh, didn't we get a, 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 a John Claude Van Damme Batman? Am I making that up? Who is the other Batman? Val Kilmer Batman. Val That's Kilmer. who I'm mixing up yeah. with. It. Uh, it's really funny that we just not not even just glossing over Bale completely. Well, but that to me is like this own gritty look at Batman. That's its own sort of thing that doesn't really like like it kind of fits in comically. But like I do think that comic books taking themselves too seriously has kind of run its course a bit. Yeah, and I think that. You know, it works in its way that it worked. I like the movies. They're fine. But they're not anything I'm, like, jarring to go back through and watch the trilogy no. again or be a part of again. It sort of seems like its own weird thing. Oh, Batman, I'm Bane, and I talk like this, and we can't notice Tom Hardy's only five foot seven, can we? Oh. I kind of like the George Clooney Bane better. 
Yeah. Where he was just like a massive lucha yeah. Yeah. powerhouse yeah. on roids. Yeah. That's Bane to me. Yeah. Like that's yeah. Bane is the dude who's like got the juices pumping through him and he's like, I will destroy you. Not the weird guy in a fur coat who's gonna bomb a stadium. Come on, dude. Batman Batman is Batman and Spider Man work in the sense that they don't have to be saving the entirety of the world and like you don't have to collapse the entire city for Batman to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can be just as enthralled by Batman when he's beating people up. I thought the Pattinson one was good, but I do think acting wise, he was a little outshined by Colin Farrell and Paul Dano in the entirety of the film. Yeah. And is it Zoe Kravitz who did the, Mm -hmm. yeah, she was so good in that too. Like, I think he was great. It was awesome. But I still stand by the fact that like, if you had taken out all the shots of Robert Pattinson looking off into the distance and made that movie 20 minutes shorter, it would have been just as good or better. It was a little long. Yeah. And it, it kept, was a little long. it was almost comical to the fact that like a scene would happen and then it'd be like, and now Robert Pattinson looks off into the distance and you're like, again, after every scene, he's got to do this. I think we go back and we edit the film ourselves and we get a better version of it where there's just like, even 10 minutes less of him staring off in the yeah. distance. I'm not yeah. saying you don't still have him staring off in the distance. I'm just saying I don't need it for another four minutes. I so I think he's, unpopular opinion, I think he's the best Batman. Okay. I think uh, best Bruce Wayne is Bale. I'm nodding. I'm, I'm side nodding. I'm doing the, the traditional Indian side nod. Uh, uh, I am a defender of the um, uh, two. Was it Shoemaker? Yeah, 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 yeah. Joel, yeah, yeah. Joel Shoemaker. Yeah. Uh, with Vin Diesel. I mean, Vin Diesel. <laughs> Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. I'm thinking about Vin Diesel too much. He's the best Batman. And you're going, where's his movie? And I go, exactly. Let's see it. It's for my family. Crazy that Affleck is also. Dude, Affleck fucking sucked. I'm so tired yeah. of it. In that. You remember when he got a dragon tattoo on his yep. back in the middle of that whole thing? Yep. I just, I don't need any more sad boy giant suit Batmans. Batman doesn't need a giant robot suit, but he has to fight Superman. Well, that was y'all's choice to make him do that. that that's none of my business why he had to do that. He's lame. He's lame. He always will be, except for in Gone Girl, I guess. Where his sad, sap mopey thing kind of worked. It does. We'll it see. Does. Do you have anything else? Uh, Vin Diesel should be Batman. <laughs>